Blog Talk Radio. again to Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you, the podcast with more celebrities than the inauguration. This is your host, your groove mistress, your cruise director and spiritual advisor, Madam Perry. And so many fun things have been happening, but I want to say first of all, thanks to everybody who's been subscribing and downloading and sharing with your friends and also purchasing from my sponsors because they and and thanks to the sponsors for sponsoring and also for giving nice discounts to my listeners. That's good too. Um, and just all the fun we've been having. But because you subscribe and because you listen and share, that helps me to continue to get the kind of guests that you've been uh, talking to me about uh, in your reviews on Stitcher, Apple iTunes, and also on the comments that you send me on Facebook or Instagram or other social media. Uh, and where you say, how do you get people like this out there and not go? It's because of you, because you listen, and so you make it a warm, welcoming place for my guests to come. And I am happy about that. By the way, see, last night we had Liana Renee Heber, fascinating, talented woman. Um, I met her about 10 years ago in New York at the Book Expo America. Just just absolutely fascinating. As a watch, she was already uh, successful then, but it's been, it's been exciting to watch her career grow and grow. And let's see, who have we had on? Oh, lately we had Jeff Carlisi from the Band 38 special, but he's going to come back. We had some technical problems then, but Jeff said he would like to come back. And so I'll let you know about that. Also, um, if you were listening tonight, James Milliken was on. He is. Uh, he wrote the book on Benjamin or who was a musician, songwriter, and co-founder of the band, The Cars. And, uh, you know, he gave away a copy of the book. That show is still getting downloads every week. But he gave away a book to a listener, and, of course, musician Frank DeVille Greenville, of uh, well, he plays with the Gap Band and several other groups. He did the drawing for us, made a video, sent it in, and uh, the winner was Rachel Ann Cox. In Utah, so he's already sent the book to her. By the way, also people ask me, uh, Jamila Ford, uh, a singer, composer, and podcast host. People ask me about her. Yeah, go to and what the name of her podcast is. It's uh, she is in New York. Uh, excuse me, Los Angeles. Uh, Jamila Ford is in Los Angeles. You can find her playing at a lot of places around. LA, but also uh, her podcast is called The Working Singer, and she gets advice, and she also has other professionals come in and give advice for singers, everything from technique, performance anxiety and such, to getting the gig and playing more. So definitely go to uh, The Working Singer and Jamila Ford, it's J-A-M-I-L-A-F-O-R-D, and follow her and go see her live. She's 
she's just fantastic too. So, you know, I've been telling you, I've had a lot of guests lately who are steampunk things. I do a lot anyway, but lately even more so because it's coming up to my favorite time of the year, Wild Wild West Con in March, uh, the steampunk convention with a Western slant that takes place in Old Town Tucson. Uh, last night, uh, guest Liana Renee Heber, she's going to be a featured guest there. Costume artist Paige Gardner is going to be there. Uh, Doc Stone, Wheeler Stone is going to be there. And he was on recently, just lots of people and more to come. Uh, and tonight is somebody new to Madame Perry's salon, but not new to steampunkers by any means. <laughs> We're very excited about this. Um, I have, are you ready? I mean, I've been being hit up about this a lot today. People are excited. And so saying, oh, well, I'm definitely not miss this one. Okay, now I know what gets you excited. And that would be the tall, dark and handsome Captain Anthony LaGrange, also known as Tony Ballard Smoot, Captain LaGrange. It is an honor to have you here in Madame Perry's salon. Please sit down and be comfortable. Uh, thank you, thank you. It is a pleasure <laughs> to be here, and thanks for having me. I am delighted ever since I uh, saw you. The steampunk was fairly new to me in a way. Uh, James, you got a James Breen, whom you know found me on mm-hmm. Facebook a few years back and began sending me people. So you should have this person on your show. They're in steampunk. I go, okay, and introduced me. Then you kept saying you should come to Wild Wild West Con. And I finally did three years ago. This is my third year going and doing a panel. And it has just opened up just a world of light, especially the first time going and seeing that, you know, there are all kinds of ages. I mean, all kinds of ages. There are all ages of people and people from all sorts of places there. And... Coming from Atlanta, Georgia, I need a lot of uh, diversity to feel comfortable. So, and and I hope it becomes even more so there in a few years. But could you tell me, just if you don't mind, I know you've already been asked this a lot, but would you mind going back to uh, in the Wayback Machine and tell me where you came in to this? Where did you enter the world? I know you've done a lot. I know you're very popular. But for any listeners who don't know you yet, where did you enter into the world of steampunk and how? Oh, that is going way back. It's going back uh, <laughs> at least a good decade now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so my first interaction with steampunk was back in 2008 at an event that we had here in Columbus called Goth Coming. And it was steampunk themed. And a lot of my friends were super excited about it, and I had no idea what steampunk was. <laughs> so DragonCon had been about a month before the event. So I went to DragonCon, and it was like right when steampunk was really taking off. And Abney Park was there, and just a bunch of other like steampunk people. And I went, and I saw everything, and I was just amazed at all the creativity and ingenuity (laughs) of these people. So I came back from Dragon Con. I made my first steampunk outfit, which looking back on it now was (laughs) not the greatest. And I went to Goth Coming and I had so much fun there that I got a couple of friends. I was like, hey, so all these other like genres have their groups. Like 
I have friends that were in like Star Trek groups and Doctor Who groups. So I was like, we should totally start like a steampunk group here in Columbus. And they're like, all right. I was like, yeah, like I think steampunks have like airships. We should totally start an airship. And they're like, all right, you're the captain. <laughs> and uh, that's how I became Captain Lagrange of the Airship Archon. Wow. <laughs> and the Captain Lagrange character was also featured in. Didn't you make an independent film with with John Strangeway? I did. We made two. Uh, it was uh, his <laughs> steampunk Boba Fett movie, uh, The Mask of Vengeance. I was featured in the first one as a smuggler where John promptly shoots me in the face. Uh, and yeah. then in the second one where I played my twin brother to where John also shoots me again. <laughs> John, that rascally rabbit. <laughs> uh, has he asked you to do a third? Because I'd be a little leery of that if I were you. Yeah, yeah. There was talk of a third, and he really, I think, wants me to, like, play my sister, and I'm like, it's not happening, John. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know John was here a couple of years ago on on Matter Perry Salon, and I haven't been able to get him back since. I'm, I'm wondering if maybe it was something I said, if I offended him or something, but I can't seem to get him back yet. I'm still trying, but now listening to this, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't get too close to him. <laughs> and if he mentions being in a film, you know, <laughs> listen, I almost got pneumonia working on Stranger Things for an entire week doing all a week of night shoots at 30 degrees. I don't know if I could take being shot in the face, but then again, it's for the love of the art. Um, it is for the love of so, the art. <laughs> so with you at bat, well, you, you say that your first costume wasn't, nah, it wasn't all that, but apparently, and I'm going to say this because I'm the, you know, Paige Gardner, when she was on last week, she was talking about she um, had made a bet with her son about something, and, and he could do go anywhere he want, and he said, I want to go to Dragon Con. She's, okay. So she takes him, and she said, it, just seeing all the costumes just awakened something in her. Like, I found my tribe. I found the place I need to be. And have you seen her costumes, too? Oh, I, I've known Paige for many, many years, and I love that woman and her costuming. Like, she hates showing her face in her costumes, but, like, everything she makes is all out of, like, upcycled, thrifted materials, and it's always just so so glamorous and fantastic. She does amazing work. Oh, she does, yeah. Now I remember she talked about, yeah, she's crazy about you, too. Um yeah, she came up with some magnificent things out of things you would you wouldn't imagine. You know, you wouldn't come up with you know the the crayon, the coloring book sheets and stuff. But she says she felt that awakening, and I, I get this that you felt that way too. Once you got there and got in the middle of it, kind of felt the, um, uh, like you fit. This is my home. Yeah, that's that's why we have you know. Dragon Con Homecoming and Happy Dragon Con New Year's Eve. It's it is home for a lot of us. It is our it is our tribe. And going back to Dragon Con is something that we look forward the mo- look forward to the moment the last Dragon Con ends. So 
<laughs> yeah. Well, that's the only thing I've been to so far is the Wild West Con. It's my third year. I think it's time I started branching out. I think 2020 is the year I should get out because I'm meeting so many more people uh, that I truly admire and enjoy like yourself. Now, um, were you already, before you had your first visit to uh, Goth coming at, and Dragon Con, were you already playing Dungeons & Dragons? I was. I have been playing Dungeons & Dragons for almost 19 years now. Wow. Uh, yeah, and, uh, some friends just got me into it, and they were like, hey, I want to teach you how to play this. And I was like, ah, that's like super nerdy. I don't know if I really want to go down that road. And I ended up loving it. So, <laughs> it, Isn't it amazing how sometimes, you know, sometimes we think we know ourselves, especially when we're grownups too, what we will and won't like, and they're totally surprised like that. Yeah, because I was – Every people, everybody knows you and knows different things about you. That oh yeah, you know he loves, uh, he's Dungeons and Dragons and uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel comics, anime, dancing, tea. Um, our dear friend, I know you, uh, Madame Askew. I know you probably known her much longer than me and have shared many cups of tea with her. <laughs> we actually just but, met for the first time back at TeslaCon. Oh, really? Okay, all uh-huh. right. So I'm just catching – okay, so she and I are kind of catching up together on, on meeting Captain in person. So uh, Dungeons & Dragons, don't you do – I understand you do a a um, a live show of this yes. or a live uh, – uh, like Captain like, – like James Spring does? Mm-hmm. Um, we, I am part of a group known as Open for Adventure, and we do uh, live streams uh, for Fate's Chosen, which is the, uh, the group that I'm a part of every Monday night. Uh, we usually start about 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central. Uh, I started off as just kind of a guest spot, and I've been here for a while, so I think I'm kind of over the guest <laughs> and just kind of part of the main crew at this point. <laughs> Well, what I've got to tell you, I've listened to uh, James Springs a few times, Creative Play and Podcast, and, and your live stream is called? Uh, it's Open for Adventure, and uh, it is uh, Fate's Chosen. Open for Adventure and Fate's Chosen. Okay, I wanted to yep. repeat that <laughs> for people who listen when they're driving or something, too. Uh, yep, it's twitch.com slash open for adventure. Okay. All right. Well, I'll be sharing that on all my social media too, so that people can find it. Um, what is that? Um, what is it about Dungeons and Dragons that first caught you, or interested you? The the thing about D and D is it's escapism at its purest, but it's also being able to explore different roles, different feelings and emotions that you wouldn't normally be able to do in your day-to-day life. And you can do that through role play, through your characters. It allows you to be the truest and freest form of yourself in a safe environment. Okay. Well, I've never heard it reached, you know, described that way before. And, and I like that. Um, it sounds like a, a nice escape without having to use something that could be harmful to you. So. Yeah, definitely. And uh, uh, 
it's been it's been amazing like getting to play with these different groups and with these different people like you know I get to flex the acting muscles and improv and nowadays they're actually using D&D in prisons and in therapy as well to get people to explore those you know those emotions and those feelings that they wouldn't normally feel comfortable doing so it's it's become more of a worldwide phenomenon ever since the uh, fifth edition was released. Oh, I did not know about that. That's rather fascinating. Um, I just read in the New York Times recently about on, um, I believe it's in Rikers, where they have a coffee shop and a lot of the inmates are training as baristas and work have a coffee shop in there. And uh, but something too, like Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, I can, yeah, that totally fits now. Um, sounds like a far more, you know, I, I believe you should, you know, just not just incarcerate, but, but, you know, give people something different to learn or rehabilitate. And I'm speaking those not as one who's been in prison, but I've had a lot of family and friends there. So, yeah, I like that idea. That's much better. Um, when, <laughs> you mentioned too about learning about role playing and such. Um, how many? You, I know you've worked in films with, um, with, with you know John and other people. Tell me about some of your your work as as an actor in the films. You know, I know we've already talked about the film, but a bit more about it about creating characters and and working on film. Do you enjoy it, or why or why not? And would you want to do more? do enjoy it and I would definitely like to do more. I've not done as much film work as I would like. I've done a couple of uh, web TV shows straight to YouTube. I've done a couple of straight to Redbox films and of course movies with John. Um, I've done some stage work here and there. I was on a Rocky Horror cast for about five years. Uh, Yeah, I love stage work. I love being up in front of people and performing. It is one of the most exhilarating rushes that you can get, and it's just so satisfying. Mm. That's, uh, and, and you're a dance. I understand you're quite a good dancer to enjoy it. So, uh, Rocky Horror, uh, that had to be fun. Oh, Rocky Horror! Uh, being on the Fishnet Mafia <laughs> was an amazing time. Uh, just. Getting out there and having fun, interacting with the audience, uh, doing all of the callbacks and celebrating a cult classic. There's, you know, there was no place I would rather be on a Saturday night at midnight than surrounded by friends, <laughs> you know, throwing toast up in the air and shouting obscenities. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, I know it well. Um, and it's so much fun. So, uh <laughs> You know, last night when you called, and I'm so glad you did, when you called in and, and to say hello to Liana Renee Heber, you know, I said that picture of you that I posted on, on uh, Instagram and here and a lot of other places where you're uh, in costume, Anthony LaGrange, look like you're coming to somebody's rescue. I can tell you're not running from somebody. You're running to something uh, to to solve it and uh, handle the situation. And I said, I just love that. That makes such a great poster, or you probably already have it as a poster. But I said, that would make such a good poster. And uh, 
so I'd like to take it to the TV studios when I'm there again. But you know what? Right now, <laughs> uh, I think I've lost Captain LaGrange. Maybe he did go have to rescue and help somebody else. It's possible. He's a busy man. He does a lot of, uh, <laughs> probably a lot of uh, damsels in distress being rescued for him. So right now, I'm going to take just a minute and talk to you about um, Daisy Bella. And while I wait for the captain to to rescue someone and come back, Daisy Bella is a wonderful company, a fashion designer. The owner has been uh, working in fashion for over 20 years. Uh, But this company has got quite a lot going forward in terms of the clothes. They're very comfortable, uh, 100% heirloom cotton, uh, tees, hoodies, jewelry, so cute, beautiful colors, gorgeous designs, but even more, they all have positive messages because they say every woman is perfect. You know, um, I worked on this TV show recently, some of you may have heard called, it's um, Divorce Court with Judge Lynn Toller, and Lynn Toller told someone, uh, a woman had a problem because she said, my husband's always, or my boyfriend's always talking about my body saying I'm fat. And she told him, you never, you should never tell a woman that anything is wrong with her body. Nobody should tell a woman that her body is not just right and not perfect. And uh, Daisy Bella, I believe they had that attitude as well. Uh, Their mission is to have... uh, Fun, spirited fashion that inspires confidence in women of all shapes and sizes with positive, uplifting messages and images. They believe that often we become what we see, and they are committed to transforming the world of fashion with positive messages, inspiring women from the outside in. Yeah, I believe that what you, what you hear and what you see seeps into your consciousness. If all you see or hear is negativity, um, that's what you're going to get and uh and that's a shame but you know what daisy bella is not just comfy clothes with positive messages they really do uh pay that feeling forward in their actions so every time you make a purchase from daisy bella part of their proceeds will be donated to the daisy bella women in need program or called the db women in need program they support local charities that help women and children rebuild their lives organizations that provide safe housing, critical services, and programming for women and children. And they've done this, uh, the organizations have done this for more than three decades, and Daisy Bella is happy to donate to them. And guess what? Not only would every purchase you make help these groups and help women and children in need to rebuild their lives, but Daisy Bella, to give you a discount too, if you're listening to Madam Perry's Salon, go to daisy-bella, that's D-A-I-S-Y hyphen B-E-L-L-A dot com, and when you get ready to check out, the code is thank you 20, just thank you and the number 20 on that, and you'll get a 20% discount. That's very nice. Okay, so uh, I like that. All right, well, the dashing, handsome captain has come back here. He's um, He has handled what needed to be handled, I'm sure. Captain LaGrange. Sorry about that. Uh, airship flew through a dead zone. Oh, whoa, okay. Yeah, I guess that's just part of the <laughs> – it comes with the uh, air territory. You know, uh, like I was saying earlier, I said that, that – that gorgeous picture uh, that I love that I've been posting where you're uh, 
with Captain Lagrange jumping over, it's like jumping over a stairwell or something. I said, it's obvious you're not running from something; you're running to something to handle it. Um, charge of situation, and uh, I I just love that. I don't know if you've had it made into a poster, but I think you should. I think you could sell those. And I said, I definitely uh, asked you last night. I didn't want to be pushy, but I said, I definitely want to take one of those pictures the next time I'm at Tyler Perry or at a Metro Atlanta studio or somewhere and go, you know, there's this man. <laughs> oh, I would, I would love that. And I'm always running towards adventure, so. Running toward adventure, I know you can see it. You can see you're there. You're ready. You're equipped. Whatever has to be done, there's going to be a triage quickly and a beat down if needed, separation, whatever, whatever has to be done in the <laughs> airship to keep, to keep peace in the uh, in the air or in the universe, or the steam universe. Um, one thing too, I wanted to ask you about you. You like urban fantasy novels, and lately someone told me about a year or two ago that um, introduced me. Actually, it's Rebecca McFarlane Kyle. She's a top reviewer on Amazon, and she used to be one of the judges of the Amazon Breakout Novel Award when they had it. So I remember two years ago, um, and you seem to me like you've got a pretty wide range of interest in, in your books and so forth, or movies. But Rebecca McFarlane Kyle said, to me, she says, I've got some friends that I'd really like for you to meet and have on the podcast, uh, authors in the genre of Afrofuturism. So and I kept thinking, okay, why? You know, I think I see a lot. I read a lot. Um, why is this something that's not going on? I'm sure you're familiar with the field and some of the authors like Milton Davis. Uh, me and Milton uh, are very familiar with each other. We've uh, sat on quite a few panels together. Oh, good. Okay, even better. So uh, he's been on here. And I think when I had him on, it was just before the movie Black Panther uh, came out, that he was on there with me. And, I mean, on, on Madame Perry Salon. I would like to see, and like I said, I know I've only been to one steampunk convention, but I see a lot of things, and I watch a lot. And as I said, um, coming from Atlanta, whenever I go someplace that's away from home and I have a good time, I always the first thing I look around to see is would all of my friends and all of my family feel comfortable here? Would they feel like they see themselves or, or feel comfortable? And that's why I was hoping that there would be more racial diversity um, growing in the steampunk world. Would would you want to comment on that, or, or what you see, or what you think? Uh, yeah. Could you change it, or or there's or are there some groups that I don't know about that I should be visiting? Um, there are there there is a little more diversity in the steampunk community than there used to be. I know there's groups out there like the Airship Ashanti. Um, which are doing some amazing cosplay and costume and steampunk outfits. But uh, as one of the prominent people of color in the community for quite some time, there was not a lot of people out there. Like, that was part of the reason why I tried to be out there so much, so that 
people would have other people of color out there in the community to know that it was a safe place and a safe community to go to. Um, I know we also had like Eileen, the peacemaker who was out there. And I know uh, Milton was doing some of the Afro punk, but as far as diversity, steampunk did not really adopt a lot of uh, people of color to the community. And I don't know if that is because of lack of interest or because they didn't feel welcome. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I wanted to know because um I said now my my best friend Kenya, I know that sometimes uh James Breen would call before he ever taught me into it, he would call my show and if Kenya was with me or co hosting that night on the air, um he would invite us both to go. And but of course I know she's busy and didn't go, but it's like everything we do, you know, so I wanna know, you know, would she be comfortable or actually her grandchildren who she has given to me, um, along with her kids when she's mad at them. You know, I always want to know if, if they're with me, you know, because her grandchildren call me abuela, you know, abuela Spanish grandmother. And every time I go, I want to make sure would they see themselves. So whenever I would see someone of color, like last year, especially a young person, I'd make sure to have pictures so I could take back. So if I could ever, so if I want to take the girls with me one weekend, you know, I know they'll go anywhere I say go, you know, because they know, you know, they're kids. They know I'm going to spend money on them and have a good time. But um, but I want to make sure that they feel like they, they're represented and feel their place. Oh, I agree 100%. Um, I've been a costumer for a long time, and I've noticed that the cosplay community has been mostly pretty welcoming to people of color, uh, especially the anime community. Growing up in the anime community myself, uh, it was one of the few places uh, amongst the African-American community as well, that you were really accepted because everybody liked Dragon Ball Z. Everybody liked Naruto. And it was, mm-hmm. it was just one of those things that everybody could bond over. So when I would go to conventions like OhioCon, Otakon, DragonCon, all of those, like you were always welcomed. You were always one of those people. And you're you're going to have your internet trolls out there who are going to be like, oh, you're black, you shouldn't cosplay this character because they're not black. And that has been greatly squashed over the last decade. And you see so many more, you know, cosplays from people of color, people with disabilities, just everybody is out there doing what they love. And we're squashing the haters and the trolls and everybody is out there doing what they love, which is what it should be. Mhm. Yeah. That, yes. It should be because it's supposed to be. That's the feeling I get that they want to be, you know, encompassing and sharing. And uh, and I've been working with uh, uh, one of the granddaughters, Nyla, on her steampunk costume. I would take, you know, I want to take her, but there's um, but there is one thing that holds me back. She's only um, twelve. And I don't want her to be alone in a room, but I don't want her to sleep with me because I snore, you know. So mm-hmm. she doesn't deserve that. <laughs> so right now that's the only thing holding me back for sharing a room with her, unless the child has some good earplugs. Most kids do have earbuds. Uh, I was reading an interesting blog uh, called Silver Goggles. And in it, the this was back in 2012. I don't know if you remember this. I do remember that interview. Oh, okay. I like the question uh, 
that the blog mistress asked. She said, um, the growth of steampunk means a proliferation of different styles, such as Wild West, Neo Victorian, airship pirate, etc. And we know you are an airship captain. Uh, says, do you have a particular steampunk style you indulge in most? Do you remember what your answer was? Ooh, I don't. He <laughs> says, uh, I have to say, the Weird West is probably the style I wear the most. Yeah, that's uh, that still holds fairly true. You know, it and it's always been the, something I've uh, been drawn to. Because Captain Lagrange began as a U.S. Marshal. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us he about it, a... Captain. We want to know. <laughs> uh, Captain Lagrange's I mean, backstory I mean, fans... was. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. You fans want to know. No, I said your your old fans that are Legion know, but your new fans want to know. We want to hear it from you. So Captain LaGrange's backstory was that he was a U.S. Marshal that was kicked out of the Marshals for having a uh, love affair with the deputy director's uh, wife. And then after he left with the Marshals... Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> the danger, the pretty. Uh, I can't blame her. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so after he left the Marshals, he did a short stint in the Pinkerton Detective Agency. Uh, after, you know, gaining some new skills, making some new contacts in the Pinkertons, he decided to strike out on his own. Uh, he used the money that he had saved up to buy his airship, which he named the Archon, gathered a crew, and became privateers. So they are a American group of Wild West privateers. Wow. Very impressive. All right. Very nice. And uh, I want to know if you can tell us because, you know, the schedule has just come out. Have you gotten yours yet for the Wild West Con? I have been at work all day. I have not had a chance to check my email. <gasps> okay, well, it just came through I just came through Messenger on Facebook here about just before we went on the air, so I haven't been able to look at it very well. Uh, so for people who have yet to get there, have yet to get theirs, tell us what we can expect from you and your panels or presentations? Well, if I got everything that I think I did, I will have a panel on the history of the Pinkerton Detective Agency, which is a mm-hmm. fascinating, fascinating history uh, of uh, Alan Pinkerton and the organization that he grew, which is still around to this day, the world's first private detective agency. I will probably also be doing talks on African-Americans in the Wild West. They were very prominent, and there's a lot of historical figures that were actually whitewashed that were based on African-Americans in the Wild West, the most famous being Bass Reeves, a.k.a. the original Lone Ranger. (gasps) No kidding. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So I'll be doing a talk on that, and then I'll be – talking about one of my favorite subjects, tea and tea culture, everything from black tea to rooibos, and, uh, mm. you know, how you can get started, how to select the right tea for you, brew times, steep times, the difference between the different 
you know, the different blends, all of those wonderful things. And I believe... No, no, no. Oh, I was going to say, and I think I'm also helping uh, Senior Strangeway uh, with his panel on personas with, I believe, Paige Gardner. Ooh. Okay, well, I just hope that mine is not at the same time as that. Because I got to be there. I got to be front row center for that. That's going to be like the all star pa- panel right there. Um, so I would just have to be very nice and beg somebody to let me <laughs> let me change. That's going to be good. See, I saw a few of us here on the schedule. You're not doing the one on um, oh, uh, custom underbust corset patterning. Are you going to help? No. <laughs> I am more than happy to come and uh, help. I am a professional corseteer. I've been selling and lacing corsets for about 10 years, so I am happy to go and help. <laughs> All right. Well, let me ask you this. If, uh, <laughs> if you were to, and maybe you have plans to, uh, make another movie, independent film, have you have you got plans for one yet, or do you? I'm surely you think of what you would do, or or uh, what you would like to do. A theme, of, of maybe based on a book, or a actually, game. I was talking with some friends, and I would like to do a modern retelling of Edgar Allan Poe's A Cask of Amontillado. <gasps> really. Yes, that has okay. been one of my favorite stories since middle school, and I would love to do a modern retelling of that. That would be fantastic. And so let's go a little further because you've, I believe you've put some thought into this. Um, uh, kind, of, kind of pull the camera back a little bit. Give me a little bit more than the TV guide blurb. How, how do you see, where do you see it set, and, and who else do you see in it with you, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, no, I haven't gotten super far into it. It's it's just a, an idea I've been bouncing with some friends, but uh, kind of just taking notes from a lot of the Shakespearean modern adaptations, everything from some of my favorites like the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet, to 10 Things I Hate About You, to Joss Whedon's uh, Much Ado About Nothing. I think A Cask of Montalato could be a truly good modern adaptation uh, in kind of a large, big city atmosphere, kind of, uh-huh. I don't know, maybe like a New York or a London setting. So that's about as far oh. as I've gotten with it now. And uh, I would love to bring in just as many friends as I as I could. Uh, of course, get John in there. Maybe he's the one who gets killed this time or, you know, boarded up behind a wall. <laughs> <laughs> and then just uh, bring in a lot of the other talent that I know. So, all right. Well, um, yeah, sweet. Uh, well, speaking of tea, now you now you maybe want some tea. Um, I need to tell the people about a new podcast called The Inspiring Show. And while I do that, it won't take long. But while I do that, would you mind uh, checking on the kettle? for me? Of course not. All right. Thank you. Right and and bring that. me what all right, bring me back whatever you think looks delicious. Will do. All right. Okay, you know, just like with uh 
as I was saying earlier, often what we see and hear affects us a lot, sometimes more than we think, whether it's somebody honking in traffic or things that people say, what you hear on the radio. Um, everything makes you can affect you one way or the other as far as your mood and uh, your feelings. But you know what? I know that a lot of people enjoy podcasts because they can listen to podcasts anytime they want uh, while they're working. Um, I listen to them while I'm cleaning house uh, or when I'm running or people that, okay, I don't really run. But people that run say they like to listen to podcasts while they're running. Um, Other friends and I like to listen to them in the car. And I found a new podcast. It's actually new. It's not that I've just found it, but it is new. It's called The Inspiring Show. It's hosted and produced by Paul and Jennifer Hensel. And they provide interviews with inspiring thought leaders, storytellers, entrepreneurs, influencers, and legacy builders just like you. Uh, They have motivating stories and strategies about overcoming adversity, achieving astounding accomplishments, and going on amazing adventures. Uh, You can learn from experts because they know a lot of experts uh, that they've met in their business. Uh, They teach you about finding your voice, mastering your mindset, and creating movements within your message. You can tap into timeless wisdom and get tools for transcending to new levels of success happiness, and joy. And let me tell you, once you go over there to their website, it's called Inspired Influences. Now, it's an audio podcast, but it's also on YouTube, so it's a video podcast too. So go over there to uh, their website. is Inspired Influencers. And, of course, I'll be sharing that, and I have been on all my social media, but as Madam Perry and also as Jennifer Perry. It's uh, husband and wife, Jennifer Hensel and Paul Hensel. And uh, Jennifer's specialty is teaching you how to monetize your message. She's an award-winning leader and influence strategist. And Paul is an expert storyteller. He's told the stories on TV, radio, and TEDx. So get over there to inspiredinfluencers.com and find the inspiring Excuse me, uh, the inspiring show, and be inspired. Now I tell you what, I know that I'm going to be inspired when the dashing captain Anthony Lagrange. Not only will I be inspired, I know that I will be envied when he brings me a cup of tea. Indeed. <laughs> well, the tea that Thank I have you. selected is. My own blend, uh, it is uh, LaGrange Gray that is made by the wonderful people over at Dryad Teas. And it is a fruity vanilla Earl Gray. Oh, sounds heavenly. I can't wait to taste it. Is it uh, let me see if it's, if it's temperature is not too hot to drink just yet. Your own blend. Mm-hmm. Well, when this when this when this man says he's in the tea, he's in the tea. He's got his own. <laughs> All right, delicious. And it's called nothing but the best. <laughs> and that's the way to go. And that's the way I like it. Uh huh. So and and your blend is called Lagrange. Lagrange Gray, available via Dryad Teas. I add teas. And of course, I'm sure you'll give me the uh, all of the proper social media and ways for people can look for it and buy it so I can share it on all of my social media. The handles. Oh, of course. Now, what um, outside, uh, we've only got a few minutes left. Um, 
Oh, or, by the way, if you happen to be listening live tonight, I need to say this. If you're listening live tonight, February 19th, 2020, 844 p.m., GMT-5, uh, if you want to talk to Captain LaGrange, the number is 646-716-9922. That's 646-716-9922. And uh, you could call, or for people who can't call, I've been here. I don't know about you, Captain. Uh, maybe you've got a job where you can't make a phone call out or someplace where you've got to be quiet. Uh, some people just go ahead and message in their questions or comments, and you can do that, too, on Facebook through Madam Perry Salon or through Jennifer Modette Perry. And so that's if you want to talk live. So what do you have coming up that you want us to know about, other places that you're going to be? And also, I can't let you get away from us before we know how to find you on all of your social media. But first of all, yes, you've got a Tumblr page, and it's Captain mm-hmm. LaGrange, C-A-P-T-L-A-G-R-A-N-G-E uh, dot Tumblr dot com. Mm-hmm. And... I'm going to be sharing that and all your others. But uh, tell me what you've got coming up on your schedule because I I don't see how you you work um, day job in the regular people world and you make costumes. Oh, yeah, let me go back to the costuming. Did you you already know how to sew and make costumes? And I ask that because my husband was the oldest of four kids, but he has three younger sisters, so he learned to sew so he could make things for them and help them with something need to be fixed. I don't know how, but he does. So did you already know? Did you have to learn? Um, uh, I learned my basic sewing skills when I was in middle school, one of those home ec deals uh, that actually kind of stuck. Uh, my sewing skills are not super good. I have some amazing and talented friends that help me out. My specialty is in modification and in props. So uh, if I need some something really complicated, I will either go to my friends over at KMK uh, Designs. They have helped me out a lot. Or to uh, one of my local friends and cosplay partners, uh, Veggie Nikita, who uh, made most recently, uh, did an m- amazing job on my uh, Dragon Age Grey Warden. Oh. Okay, so, and you know, I noticed... Um... I don't know where you get – I'm sure you've got your stores where they know you when you walk in, uh, when you buy materials to make props with. So when you first began making costumes, because you are, you're a model, cosplayer, costumer. Um, you said the first costume you made, you felt was a little less than impressive. But when, what was the first one that you really felt good about or excited about? Oh, the first costume, uh, it's probably still one of my favorites, is uh, uh, Kakashi Hatake from the anime Naruto. And to this day, it is still one of my absolute favorite cosplays that I've ever put together. Um, I debuted it in Otakon so many years ago, and I still wear pieces of it. Like, I still wear my Jonin vest and, like, whip out the headband every now and then if I'm walking around in anime con, but... To this day, that is still probably my absolute favorite costume. What did you like best about it, and what was the hardest part to put together? Uh, What I liked best about it was just bringing that character to life, because it was a character that I really loved from that anime series. 
and just being able to do a good, accurate representation of it was just the best thing for me. And uh, my favorite part about it was actually my grandmother helped me with parts of that costume. Uh, she helped me with oh, some, nice. of the, some of the harder sewing parts on it. And like getting to work with her together on that was just a, a fantastic time. Ah, oh, that sounds fantastic indeed. Wow, okay. So uh I'm sure she she enjoys telling people about that too. Uh that is wonderful. Yeah. So it'll always it'll always have to be another special part of that costume. Yeah. You know, you can just keep on talking because I'm enjoying <laughs> my LaGrange gray tea. So, I'm, you know, I could just sit here and sip tea while you just talk to everybody. Um, <laughs> you, I know you're also a speaker. Um, when you go, when you talk to groups, what's some, what are the main things that you give or what are some of your favorite things to um, give speeches about or, or facilitate panels? Um. Some of my favorite things to talk on. Uh, lately, I've been doing a lot of talks on uh, trying to just, you know, spread the good word of Dungeons & Dragons and role-playing in general. I also really enjoy doing my talks on men's fashion, just trying to get people to dress better, to look better, to feel more confident in the things that they're wearing in their everyday life. I love going on about how every person male, female in between should have a well-tailored black suit because it looks fantastic on everyone. And in the words of, of uh, the late comedian, Tim Smith, he's talking about being dressed to go out with his wife. He said, felt good because I looked good and looked good because I felt good. Indeed. And I think with yeah, or, or the or is it the um, uh, ZZ Top song? Every gal's crazy about a best well uh, about a sharp dressed man. But you know, everybody, male and female, when you dress with confidence, you dress well, you dress with confidence. I think you people always seem to carry themselves. They will carry themselves differently. And indeed, it I know it does. It definitely shows. Like you put somebody in jeans and a t-shirt and. They'll still be a little slumped, but you put somebody in a well-tailored suit, and you can't help but feel good. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It makes a big deal. Uh, it makes a big difference. And um, who knows? Who knows how that could uh, change, make a, a shift um, in the world? What other uh, are your some of your favorite themes? I love talking about diversity, especially diversity in nerd and geekdom, just expanding mm-hmm. out, just, you know, adding more people of color, adding more trans, more LGBTQ+, plus, just ex- mm-hmm. everybody needs representation, and everybody deserves representation, and it's very important. I know growing up and watching, like, the old 80s cartoons and everybody is, you know, white male and it's it's boring you don't feel like you belong in any of those worlds and nowadays we've got you know movies like black panther we've got you know all the marvel films and dc's getting more diverse and 
TV shows and comics and like there is something out there for everyone and it is an amazing mm-hmm. time to be a geek because there is something out there that represent you to show you that you are part of the world and that you are cared about and that you know you do exist in this time. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, you want to see or or as a friend of mine says I want to see me in these pictures. I want to see somebody that looks like me. Mm-hmm. You know, because that, that's my reality. Where, where's, where's me? Where, where can I identify? And, uh, yeah, I like seeing it, too. All kinds, uh, yeah, uh, racially, um, trans, uh, just culturally. When um, last week when I was trying, of course, after, as you can imagine, uh, after talking to Paige Gardner and then trying to think about definitely upgrading my costumes uh, for Wild West, I started watching, I got on YouTube, started watching uh, fashion shows. I'm just putting New York Fashion Week and was looking for some of the out there people like John Paul Gaultier or Terry Mugler that would have some more exotic costumes so I could get some ideas about, you know, being a bit more creative. But I noticed in a lot of the ones, uh, 2020, there were a couple of designers I would see, and they would have models that would be pound model, or uh, or they had models who were larger and maybe didn't wear a size zero. Maybe they wore 12, 14, 16, um, and even men. That's not just ladies, but also the gentlemen. And then models with vitiligo, um, models that just looked different. And I thought, now this is good. This is exciting. This is what made kind of make people draw them in and say, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's not just for other people. I'm here too. And, of course, the Jean-Paul Gaultier um, I'm sure you've seen, you know, some of his shows and works. Are um, <laughs> he just had all kinds of people there? Look like it's just any of his friends, you know. Uh, he just, yeah, come on, you can wear something to walk down the runway. And there were celebs and non-celebs, and but just people of all different looks. And I thought it just gave such a joyous to me, not just creative, but a joyous creative energy to it. And I love being Emma. able to, you know, feel that outward expression. It is so, like, we live in such an exciting time right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, I had a comment from uh, Pat in Missouri, and she says, listening and loving this show, and I can't wait to learn more about Captain LaGrange. And definitely get some tea. All right, Pat, I'll be sharing where to get the tea. Thank you very much for a comment. Uh, so, and, and you will be giving me that information, right? I can't, I oh, can't of send course, to these of people. Of course. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so we'll share it. Um, thank you so much. You've, you've just been so generous with your time tonight. And, um, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to meet up with people I've seen before, people that I've never gotten to see, and I can't wait to meet you in person. I think it's going to be a great weekend. What other uh, events or conventions do you have between now and the end of the year? Between now and the Ooh. next six months, we can write them all down. Yeah, I've got Wild Wild Westcon, of course. 
Uh I uh, may be making an appearance at C2E2. I'm working out the details for that right now. I will be at Origins Game Fair here in Columbus. Whoa, 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 whoa. C2E2? I'm going to try to make it to C2E2. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. No, I've got a good friend. He's an animator that's going there, and he was saying, oh, this year all my favorite people, all my friends are not going to be there, you know, so um, I don't know if I can make it, but uh, if I know you're going to be there. All right. Yeah, that's cool. That's in Chicago, right? Yep. Okay. All right. Sorry to interrupt. Go on. Oh, no. I'll be at Origins Game Fair here in Columbus. I will be at Gen Con and uh, Indianapolis, and then, of course, DragonCon and TeslaCon. All right. And uh, DragonCon, you know, that's in my hometown. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> you should stop on by. So I stop on by. Who says stop on by? Was that Bobby Womack? Anyway, stop on by. I will. And um, and I should be able to bring bring my girls with me. Um all there, I'll just say, look, it's right here in town. They can't get any closer than this. We got to get dressed up and go. By the way, James Breen says he'd love to call, but he's uh, out running errands right now, still getting stuff ready for Wild West. And uh, thank you, James. But he said he's looking forward to it. Glad you're going to be there. And uh, yeah, also, uh, um, oh, Becky Cole. We were talking about her earlier. Um, She's just uh, texted in on Facebook through um, Jennifer Maudet Perry page saying, um, wow, this sounds great. Can't wait to learn more about you, Captain. Okay, and and so you shall, Becky Kyle, and so you shall uh, learn more about him because I'll be sharing all of his social media on all of my social media. So wherever you are, because this man is... um, He's wanted. He's wanted in several places, so in several events. So you'll have a chance. Um, thank you again, as I was saying, for being so very generous with your time. I really do appreciate it, and uh, I know all your fans do too. And uh, any parting words or any any words for anybody that's going to Wild Wild Westcon? Um, thanks for having me, and I look forward to seeing everybody at Wild Wild WestCon. If you see me on the street, make sure you come up and say hi. Also, uh, check for uh, when I get to ride John Strageway down the middle of the street for a losing our weight loss fest. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.